it was definitely a culture shock but then one thing i always remembered which my mom said that the best teacher is you yourself because if you observe absorb you will keep learning Hello, my friends. Welcome to Connect with Confidence. And if you've been around for a little while, you know I'm having conversations with people all over the world, unpacking their story of growing in confidence, their stories of connecting with people and how that's shaped their their life, their business, their career. And we, we go on quite a number of adventures. And this morning's adventure, I think, will be no different. So I say this morning because while I'm recording, it's 11 a.m. here and it is 6 30 in India. So welcome to my guest, uh, Saga Amlani. I'm so delighted to have you chatting with us today. Thank you, Kerry. It's always awesome to have conversation with confidence and to share things with people who are, you know, eager to listen and recording it early morning is a pleasure in itself because you're at the best of your time. Yeah, well, thank you for for being up so early. I saw your confirmation email. It must have been very early in your time. So I thought you're walking the talk. You're a productivity specialist. And uh, we'll chat about that too. Uh, But I would love to, well, first of all, we connected online. Uh, I was in Chennai speaking to the Professional Speakers Association of India. And there you were on the screen connecting with other uh, professional speakers from across India. And I was on a plane back to Singapore and then back to Australia the next day. So that was March 2020 and we've been in several online events since then with other professional speakers and I've seen you doing great things on LinkedIn. Really, you connect so well. There's lots of LinkedIn specialists and lots of people you know, sharing what they're doing on LinkedIn, but you really come from a very encouraging space and you know it's not salesy and I just really appreciate it so tell us a little of what you've been doing over the past few years and then I'd love to unpack some of your earlier story and how did you get here lovely so uh, since past few years uh, PSAI actually got me to know what professional speaking is yeah otherwise we all speak yeah so Uh, That was one learning. And second thing, it made me realize that meeting people and networking is not always about give and take. Mm -hmm. Networking is about how you care about others, how compassionate you are about others, and what you can actually do to others to make their life better. And uh, that's exactly what I've been doing for past few years, even on LinkedIn. So when people, you know, they call me LinkedIn guru, some people call me LinkedIn productivity expert, some people call me LinkedIn master. I just call myself as a LinkedIn human being. Yes. And I love that you call yourself the productivity explorer. And I said to my husband, Lyndon, the other day, just to have explorer in his bio, I'm like, this is exciting. We're going to have a great conversation. So (laughs) let's explore (laughs) some of your stories. So early days, where did you start and who were the people who shaped your life? Oh, thank you. So early, I started my early childhood in the slums of Mumbai. And when I say slums, if I have to describe it, it's more of a room, which is 10 feet by 10 feet to the max brick walls. And all you have is uh, asbestos roof at the top. So, you know, with high winds, the roof would shake with 
monsoon season, the roof would drip and even the flooring would ooze out water. Uh, drinking water and uh, washing water, everything was available only for 15 minutes in a day where you have to just run and fill that water for 15 minutes, whatever you can get. And that is what you have for the next 24 hours. So that is what I grew up with. But I'm so proud of those situations because those situations have made me who I am today. Mm. And uh, with the people around, I think everyone that I saw there, even if we were in so much of scarcity of every single resource, we were ready to help each other is because we realized that even if I have one bucket of water more than the other person besides me, I'm rich and I could share half bucket of water with him. Wow. There, there is a joy in sharing, isn't there? And I think if we don't see that opportunity to share, we can really, I, I'm absolutely stunned that you share that. Uh, it, it's beautiful. But also like with such scarcity, to not have a scarcity mindset, I think is really quite outstanding. So did you get that from parents, grandparents, or what did you witness around you? So it was my mother, Carrie, who mm-hmm. always believed that. And uh, I never knew affirmations at that time. Mm-hmm. And neither did my mom. But every day she made us, you know, think about good things, not ritually in the night or in the day. But let's say in the afternoon, uh, we were able to give something to the neighbor, maybe sugar, maybe some rice, maybe some water, anything. And she would say, aren't we lucky that we have so much that we are giving it to the neighbor? Then let's say in the evening, uh, someday the light would go and we are having a candlelight dinner because the power is not there. Yeah. So she, she would say that, oh, aren't we lucky that we are able to have a candlelight dinner today? Yeah. So she would turn around every situation that we had into a positive uh, attitude or positive perspective. And that actually made me think life into everything like every time I get into a trouble instead of looking at that trouble I say oh wow because of this I may be able to do this 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 isn't it so positive isn't it so nice now people ask me that you know you're being crazy all the time so optimistic but I feel that just by being optimistic all the time even if it's false for a little while you reduce the stress in your body your mind And you actually make yourself more capable to think something better. (laughs) Yes, we can learn so much from you and your mother. What an amazing woman. So what was she doing? How was she, you know, finding herself so wealthy with an extra bag of rice or some sugar to share? Well, that's where my productivity tip comes from. She was the queen, the epitome of productivity. She managed her time so well. She managed her resources so well that even after doing homework, which is the chores of the daily routine, she also did home tuitions to almost 47 kids. And even after doing all that, she was free to play with us. She was free to cook and she was also free to watch her daily soaps. (laughs) So she, she was, she's my role model. I mean, yeah, she's, she's just amazing woman. And she always was laughing around, giggling around, uh, never sad about things, never gossiped about anyone. That's one thing that I learned from her. 
she never discussed people she never gossiped around anyone and one one good thing carry let's say she was doing home tuition home coaching the students used to come home and she used to teach them the neighbor would play loud music because sometimes the neighbor would be jealous that she's able to earn uh while the other lady is not able to earn just because she's not educated she would play loud music so disturb my mother in the tuitions wow the normal reaction would be go shout fight and tell her to put the volume down my mom used to tell me beta no problem close the door close the windows because that's in our control we can't control the sound that she wants to play so let's close our door and our windows and we will have a cozy environment in the house and we will teach everyone so that's how she approached everything wow this is such a beautiful attitude and it must have been pretty cozy with so many students in the house yeah uh in such a small room and so were you educated at home with her then or was this like after school tutoring how did it work no so my tutor she was my tutor but i used to go to a school and back then the schools were not expensive so much so we used to go to government schools where you know in indian currency we just we just used to pay 5 rupees for fifth standard 6 rupees for sixth standard and so on so the schooling i did the normal schooling and she was my tutor at home if i had some difficulties wow and then you went on to uh, tell us about your education beyond school because i think that's quite amazing and i, I guess your mum really helped you prepare for that yes uh, my mom prepared me for that and uh, another mother that is mother earth yeah she also prepared me for that so the situation happened is in 26th july 2005 we had floods in bombay wow uh, now mumbai and the floods actually covered Six and a half to seven feet of my home, approximately. And uh, Carrie, if you can imagine, nothing was left except the ceiling fan. Yeah. And uh, I was at work, working out, uh, you know, something to meet the ends. And when I come home, my mother was just weeping, crying. Everything that we had was destroyed. And uh, even while she's crying, she's like, "Aren't we lucky? We are all alive." And I was like. yeah okay go on <laughs> so wow. then she says nature has got everything in abundance learn to channelize it and that was the day carry i completed my engineering from the government institute which was the cheapest option at that point of time mm-hmm. but that's when the real education started for me when i took over the the everest task of doing my mba now why i say it is an everest task is because we did not have money to wear clothes drink food i mean drink or eat food and uh, you know sleep properly and i'm here talking about going to london or us or australia to do my masters mm. and why that is because outside india you can earn and learn both yes and that was my real education not uh, not only you know going to that mba but the journey of 2 years to prepare myself for that mba prepare the funds for my mba prepare my english for my mba to go and apply and speak there uh and understand what they speak i mean that was the real education and god's grace i completed my masters in middlesex university in london 
funded by myself and one of my uncle. Uh, that also made me fund my home in India, which is a good flat and now converted into a villa. Wow. And after that, I never stopped. Every year, I keep adding one professional education in my kitty. That's fantastic. It must have been uh, such a culture shock to turn up in London. What were your first impressions? It, it was a culture shock. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just wow. Uh, the feeling was so surreal for me that the first one week I was on cloud nine. Yeah. That, uh, you know, wearing good shoes, good clothes, uh, going into good buses, no one knows who I am. Um, I mean, I was, I was definitely embarrassed of the situation back there in India. And uh, that was one thing that pushed me as well, because I never invited my friends at my home because I was afraid if they knew that where I am from, they will never talk to me. Yeah. In London, I had that freedom and I was like, yeah, new world, new sagar. And, uh, you know, it was just different for me. And culture shock, yes, it was. It was definitely a culture shock. But then one thing I always remembered, which my mom said that the best teacher is you yourself. Because if you observe, absorb, you will keep learning. Yes. Yeah, she really taught you to listen to yourself. I think that's, yeah. <laughs> that's so powerful, just to observe. And, and so tell us about the first few people that you connected with. What was it like connecting with new people in London? Well, that was hilarious because um, I cannot show it in the podcast right now because it's not there but uh, you know uh, when you say two like this uh, with the fingers facing on the front or yeah. two like this when the fingers facing at the back yes and I was not aware and I just went up to the lady at reception and I said ma'am can I have two forms and she said why are you being so rude and I was like no ma'am I'm saying can I please have two forms but my fingers <laughs> were pointing to her in the reverse direction <laughs> and I never realized that it's a very bad gesture. And she got so angry at me. But then there was an Indian uh, person sitting at the reception. He's like, Saga, you don't do this, but you do this. So you just reverse your finger and show the front side. And that will be fine. And then that lady also realized that, yeah, I mean, the student was from India and he didn't understand. And I was like, I'm so sorry. And I was just pleading her with folded hands. And then she laughed it out. So that was my first... Uh, you know, connection with the person. The second was on the same day, uh, you know, going in the bus. And I was not aware how to press the stop button because I just saw that the bus stops, people walk down and there's no, I mean, back in India, we have a conductor who would do ting ting. Yeah. And, you know, he'll have a thread uh, in his hand. And my stop just went by, the university is just going by and I was like, I have to get down. <laughs> and then one person besides me saw the situation and just pressed the stop button and showed me that's what you do, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Back then in UK, they would say, that's how you do it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> that sounds uh, more Australian to, to say mate. Uh, yeah. So that's really funny. It's those little moments of connection where, you know, <laughs> we can just laugh at those things. It can be yeah. like a beautiful connector and just in that moment uh, being available to help a stranger to show yeah. you this is this is how it's done here uh, that's really lovely your mum must be so proud uh, to have you go and study in London and then uh, so tell us 
Well, you know, you're a productivity explorer. So tell us what you were learning about your own productivity while you were there. Let me first share why productivity explorer and not a coach or a guru. Okay, yeah. Because I believe every single human being is productive yes. in their own way. Because you and me cannot think that the other person is not productive because their priorities are different. Yeah. We have a perspective that he or she is not productive, but we never know his or her priorities are different than us. So that's where I thought that why not explore productivity in everyone's life and absorb more. So that's where I got to, you know, be there. And while I was in London, earning money and earning the education were the only two things in my life. Mm -hmm. So I literally had a calendar, which was given by the university for the classes and the lectures. And in that calendar, there were white spaces where there was time. Mm -hmm. And I actually literally ensured that every single thing that was either available on the university floor to work with, be it coffee table, be it waiter, be it, you know, tender anywhere, or in the morning hours, I used to go and sweep because sweeping and picking up the litter was the highest paid job back then for students who were doing part-time. Yeah. So... I started my productivity journey there that, you know, if you write down, if you plan everything, you can earn more money. And second was, uh, as you go for waiter, they teach you how to serve three course meal, four course meal, five course meal, seven course meals, and so on. And the faster you can set up the cutlery, the faster you can do serving, the more tables you serve, the more you're paid. Yeah. So that taught me that I can be efficient by planning my time because we cannot manage time. We can just utilize it better. Yes. So I can, I can be better by utilizing my time, but more importantly, I can be effective by working the way things are to be done. So doing it the right way. That gave me a gist that productivity is not always about working more, mm. but productivity is about working effectively and efficiently. Yes. So that's my journey of productivity while I was in UK, managing the time, managing education, because I cannot miss my education also. And I had to earn money to fund my education as well. Yeah. Yeah. So then when you came back home to India, how, how long had you been in the UK? Did you say two years? Uh, it was three years, but uh, I came to India before that. And that was a big surprise for my family. Oh, lovely. Because uh, they didn't expect me to come back because I did not have so much money to buy my return ticket at that point of time. But I came back to India in just about 14 months because I got a job in a company called Pelicans mm -hmm. and uh, they loved what I did. And I used to speak Marathi, Hindi, Gujarati, English at that time. So the person told me that they're trying to set up a factory in Nashik and they want me to go there for auditing. Wow. I said, lovely, can I go via Mumbai? And he's like, why not? And there I was standing in front of my mom, surprising her that here I am. And she's like, no, it's not true. So she came and she touched me and she goes back in the house. She comes and she touched me and then she's like, oh, it's you, it's you, it's you. And it's like, yes, I am. <laughs> and that was completely paid trip by the company. So that was unexpected, 
but yes, things happen. And that was one sweet surprise for her. Oh, that's so amazing. Yeah, she clearly was not expecting you for quite some time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. And so, so tell us about your career, because now we know you're the Productivity Explorer, you're helping people with LinkedIn. Uh, but what has brought you to that? And yeah, what do your days look like? My day is very simple, Carrie. Uh, I don't plan too much in the day. Mm-hmm. I don't plan um, to the minute or to the clock. Yeah. Only 60% of the day uh-huh. is planned. Yeah. 40% is just for free flow. That includes only my active time, not my sleeping time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the day starts with reading what is to be done. Then I go and read a book any book, random book that I feel fascinated to on that day, just pick it up and read and make your notes. And after that is uh, just go for a simple walk and uh, then come back, have fun with kids. Now that's lockdown. We enjoy that. So, you know, bathing them, dressing them up, uh, having breakfast with them, sometimes preparing breakfast for that. So those are all unplanned free flow time with the kids. And then going back to my room for my work, uh, you know, putting things down. And for LinkedIn, I suggest everyone that don't get consumed in the content, spend 15 minutes or more, maximum to 20 minutes. You don't need more than that. And you can achieve everything that you want there. And after that is more of my work, my consulting assignments, customer calls and everything. And again, in the evening is again, free time with kids playing around because I've, I've been lucky to work in three, four companies where I was directly reporting to the owners of the company uh-huh. and three things that I learned from them, three regrets that they had. Sagar, I never was able to see my kids growing. I said, wow. okay. Second, they said, Sagar, I was never able to play with my kids. I said, okay. And the third is like, I was not able to spend quality time with my family. And I said, bingo. I will never say these words when I grow old. So I ensured I play with my kids. It, it, that playing can be during the bath time also. It can be during breakfast time or anything. I will see them growing. And I ensure that I spend quality time with my family, which is my parents, my wife. We all living together right now. Yeah. So we, we have dinner together and spend that time. So those are the three regrets. Again, going back to what my mother said, observe, absorb and ask and you will, you know, learn the tricks of the trade. So that's what my day looks like. Having fun, planning 60% of the day, 40% is just enjoy and let unplanned, uncertain activities bump to you and welcome them with grace. Mm, that's beautiful. Wow, so many quotables from this conversation, Saga. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know, it's such a focus of uh, gratitude, even though, uh, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions about about, uh, productivity and how we can connect productively because I think we can fall into quite a hole of um, like a a time vacuum in uh, LinkedIn, social media. We can get lost there for a while. So how do you be productive and make meaningful connections on, you know, I guess LinkedIn's your platform. Do you use other social media also? Oh, being productive 
is always resulting into meaningful connections mm-hmm. because let's understand what do we mean by connections like i said in the start meaningful connections or networking does not always means give and take it means how much compassionate how much empathy and how much are you able to feel that person on the other side mm. okay because the minute you are in give and take you're in business you're not in connecting mm. and when you're actually connecting you're connecting as human beings you're there as providing a here because everyone right now is in short of time yeah and i always tell everyone that i have lot of time if you are feeling sad if you're feeling down if you're feeling lonely if you have no one to talk to just pick up the phone and i'm just on the other side without judging you for what you say i will listen to you and i will give you my time and that is my mantra for making meaningful connections be it linkedin whatsapp uh instagram or facebook or right now while i'm connecting to all the listeners through your podcast just talk share your feelings and nothing in world will collapse upon you and that time that you give to that person is priceless yeah that's so beautiful it's uh, you know i've felt since coming home from india in uh march last year that my focus just needed to be well my my major question i think which had been within me for a long long time but it became the question and that was like how do i best serve the world you know i'm seeing people are you know going into hustle mode and wanting to create a program and sell something and i just thought no one needs to be sold to right now we just need to connect <laughs> you know we just <laughs> and so i love hearing you share this because you know we can know that somebody's about productivity and not realize that they have such a heart of service and connection and care and empathy and so yeah i'm kind of wishing i had this conversation with you so long ago because <laughs> it's so valuable to share this um you know and you can see the so the sdgs the global goals on my wall that was the first yes. thing that changed when i you know came back and was in isolation before the hotel quarantine started uh, but we had two weeks at home and uh, as soon as i got out i went down to the printing shop and <laughs> and printed that out oh. because i didn't want my my connect with confidence poster on the wall uh, with my face on it like my book cover i i wanted to just say i'm here let's have conversations how Lovely. how do i best serve the world because we it comes back to what your mother was saying you know about observing and absorbing and asking questions when we come from that place of just being ourselves and seeing how do we best show up and serve the world it's so uncomplicated and, and so tell me for people who are going yeah but how do you get business if you're not on linkedin because i see so many sales pitches every day i have somebody send me a friend request and maybe there's no question with it and i just go oh hi thanks for connecting and then they say you know i can help you triple your business and i'm like ah oh, that's not what i'm here for like i don't need to be sold to but people are in that hustle mode. So how do you recommend people to shift from that? And I think I might have started with a different question, but that's, a, <laughs> that's still a good one to go with. Um yeah, talk to me about that. Okay. So I'll I'll start it with one simple word, content. Yes. So this As in is being content yeah. or content. Yeah. No 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 being content yes not nice. the content so i'm saying uh, as human beings 
we are always hungry have you observed that hmm even if you're not hungry we will go and smell it or taste it right yeah have a lion whose stomach is full put the finest the best meat in front of him yeah. the juiciest meat ever he will not even smell it hmm and that's what we are missing and that is where 90% of the population is under stress anxiety to perform better to perform more to get more business to do what mm. life is not about only business it's about making the right impact yes now you can make millions of dollars and make zero impact on people around you hmm or you make whatever you need to earn your living and the rest of the time you spend making impact on other people's life and that is what will be remembered when you die hmm nobody will say oh sagar earned million dollars every month no <laughs> sagar help xyz people every month that's mm. what people will remember so mm. for me when i talk about productivity productivity is about using your resources to achieve focused goals mm. have priorities and differentiate between need and want see sometimes in that race in that hustle we never understand when our need converts into a want mm. and that zone is is a red zone i i i call it as a red zone that's a zone of uh despair that's a zone of sorrow that's a zone of sadness that's a zone of a big no no mm. so just be content know what you want and run for it and once you have achieved that and once there is a consistent flow in that don't worry about increasing the business just go and give whatever you have extra yes Yeah so that that takes me back to uh what I was thinking before I just wanted to ask about where do your clients find you or you know how is your business growing when you're showing up with this heart of service and connection for anybody on LinkedIn completely word of mouth yeah okay great because, <laughs> yeah because i never have to sell my product or sell my services to anyone because everyone who connects with me knows that i'm doing this genuinely and uh, uh for example let's say i'm i'm talking to someone and i do a free session of linkedin with him or her and give him all the updates and then the last question will be that how do i pay you i said no need to pay me that's fine thank you very much and if you want more if you really want something more uh, deeper into it yes that's when you pay me and immediately the client converts into i mean the the person converts into a client mm-hmm. and after he has completed 3 months of coaching with me he brings 10 more people to me rather than me going and you know doing ads or click funnel or doing sales pitch nothing he says that this is a guy who is offering genuine service yeah but he asks money for it because he's doing it genuinely and when those 10 people come i don't have to pitch in they are already my customer yeah yeah so that's completely word of mouth and that's been god's grace even um 18 months uh 18 months ago i never knew that i'm going to start my business which is apro consultants carry and uh, i started it just uh, i think october last year mm. okay i start my business i launch my business when i was in covid so while 15 days while i was in quarantine i think about 
you know, starting my own, leaving my job and going on my own. Yeah. And the day I'm out of COVID on the 15th day, I get my documents for signing and everything. And after a week, I sign a contract with three clients and my business starts. So, I mean, that was the time I took only to become from a job to an entrepreneur and life was so smooth. And that's what I believe that when you have a bigger purpose, when your purpose is bigger than you, when your purpose is bigger than your own ego, your own need, God's just opening up arms for you and nature always blesses you with abundance because I believe that we always have a cup mm. which is decided and God has told that this is your cup and I'm going to fill you only this much. Yeah. But we all believe that everything is in abundance. So mm -hmm. what's the logic? The logic is empty your cup in someone else's who don't deserve directly from nature. So you give it from your cup. Once your cup is empty, the abundance will again pour it in your cup. Mm. Again, transfer it, it will pour it in you. But we are all missing and we are drinking to, you know, enlarge our cup artificially, which is not possible. <laughs> uh, I love this conversation, Saga. It's like you talk about it being God's grace, but you are open to it. You are coming with an attitude of gratitude, of um, service and, and empathy for others. It's, uh, it's beautiful. So, yeah, we can open ourselves up to that. And, uh, and I love it. Uh, and so, uh, so just going back to leaving your job and starting your business and, and COVID being overlaid with that, did you lose your job because of COVID or did you choose to go forward at this time with your own business? It, it was a mixed uh, thing of both. So what happened is the company that I was working in went into a lot of crisis and, yeah. uh, the brothers who were the owners of the company went into an NCLT case and they started fighting with each other legally and uh, the business was suffering. So I went up to the management and I said that, you know, I've been working in this company for 10 years and I don't want to move out. Mm -hmm. But if you can get your act together, resolve your issues, <laughs> the customers can be served. So I stayed there for 60 days, 90 days, extending it up to 180 days, giving them options. But after that, I saw there's nothing and they're just busy in their own fights and they're not even caring about the employees or my team, my workers, my customers. I said, it's time for me to take that step and uh, move forward. So it was partly COVID and partly my decision from last two years of deciding to do something for myself, because I always knew that I have more energy but because of this job restriction I'm not able to use it somewhere else mm. and uh, yeah that was the that was the moment that made me give birth to Zafro which is my company yes and I loved reading about that do you want to just give us a quick overview of that yeah sure so Zafro stands for Z-A-P-R-O mm -hmm. where Z is the zenith of productivity that you or your organization wants to achieve. A is your starting point. It can be anywhere in A to Z, but A is your starting point where I come and discover it for you. And Pro is the professional service that Zapro gives you to reach to the zenith of productivity. Yeah, beautiful. 
Thank you. <laughs> That's great. Um, I'm conscious of the time and I could just keep talking to you for ages uh, because there's one thing I want to, there's two things I want to go back to. One is the SDG goals and uh, I'll come to that in a moment. The other is we skipped this whole part of your life where you got married and had children. So tell us how did you meet and uh, yeah, tell us a little about your family. Oh, that's the most, most fascinating thing for me to answer and I'll, uh, you'll know it in a short while. Okay, I'll not, I'll not keep it a secret. I'll tell the first sentence itself. <laughs> I got married to Mansi when I was jobless. Okay. Wow. And uh, back in India, getting married to a boy who is jobless is not easy because the first thing an Indian father or the father of the girl is asked ask you is, where are you working and what are you earning? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. So I had actually come back from UK because my parents said that, uh, you know, our goals are achieved, Sagar. We've got a good house. We've got a good place to live in and everything is sorted. So why are you still in UK? Let's be together. Let's enjoy as family. And I said, fair enough. My goal is achieved, whatever I wanted. So back then also, I always believed in the principle of be content. Mm -hmm. My goal was to get a good house for my parents. I got it. A good life for them. I got it. So she's like, what now? So come back. And I was like, okay, mom, I'll come back. Mm. And I come back in India and people in India are not ready to give me a job because I had a six figure salary in pounds and compare it with Indian currency, it would not match anytime. So everybody would be like, either you're overqualified or you are highly paid. We cannot afford you. I was like, wow. yeah, but I was like, give me a job guys. Just, I mean, I'm no, okay. I'm, I'm, I want to come back to India. So I have to adjust that. And my mom and dad are like, now that you're here, let's find a girl for you. Let's get married. And I was like, guys, I don't have a job. What am I supposed to tell my in-laws that, yeah, I'm having nothing. And I was like, no, 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 that will be done. If nature wants it to be happening, it will happen. And that's exactly what happened when I met Mansi, my wife. We were having that conversation. It was an arranged marriage for sure. So we were having that conversation and uh, she's asked me, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm doing nothing and I'm going to be with you for next six months if we get hitched. So that's a courtship period and I'm all yours for next six months at your service. She's like, what? I'm like, yeah. And uh, then finally the things went on and uh, we got married. And uh, yeah, in, in that six months between engagement and marriage, I also got a job. Wow. But that was not a condition to get married. So wow. that's something I really appreciate about Mansi and her dad and her family that they chose me for who I am, my values, and not for my earnings of my status and the, the, the material things. So I really love that gesture of mm. Mansi and her dad. And yeah, I've got two amazing kids, uh, Pramay and Kanjan. Uh, they were born in Hyderabad and both of them are lovely. Yeah. Yep, enjoying life in full. That's so beautiful. Wow. So they just really trusted um, beyond your current circumstances. And yeah. I love that yeah. they just got to know you. That's that's so beautiful. Do you remember the first day that you met Nancy? Yes, of course. I remember every single minute of it. I can visualize it right in front of me. <laughs> Were you nervous or excited? Tell us about that. I was stupid because... Uh, I did not want to get married at that point of time. Yeah. 
I was on a mini rebel with my parents, so I didn't dress up properly. I didn't comb my hair. I wore the shabbiest T-shirt I could ever have from my wardrobe. <laughs> I went actually, literally, in my jeans and slippers because I want them to reject me. Wow! And it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing! <laughs> Sounds like it was meant to be. <laughs> So I tried all the things which I could in my own way to, you know, be in the most shabbiest way to present myself, but still, you know, got selected. I love how you described it as being in a mini rebel with your parents. Uh, so, how old were you at the time? I was twenty-three. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's so cool, Saga. <laughs> Saga, I'm conscious of the time, but. I feel like this is such a valuable conversation and I would love to, to share it out so much. And you reminded me when you were talking about your education, your, your mum tutoring, and it reminded me when I've spoken to Indian audiences, we've given to a project in India on behalf of the audience. So when I spoke to uh, over 5,000 students in Coimbatore, I've actually done an episode with Dr. Ram from uh, GRD in Coimbatore and so we gave to this project in India where they have we can give days of education to uh, children in rural India and so I just thought for every download of this episode we will give to that project so let's continue educating children in uh, remote parts of India and in the slums because it's just extraordinary to to see where you go when someone believes in you, educates you and supports you. And, uh, you know, I am so inspired by all the young Indians in my network and uh, in my audiences and they're reaching out on LinkedIn all the time. And uh, I can't wait to connect them with you too so that they are hearing your perspective because when you come from that attitude of service and gratitude, it's uh, amazing where that takes you. So, um, yeah, so let's share this out and uh, I'll keep track of the downloads of the episode and, and give to uh, those projects on behalf of uh, everyone listening. So, yeah, so anything else that you'd like to share to wrap up? I, um, I, <laughs> you've just reminded me again, the, um, you know, gratitude is, I always say gratitude is a powerful connector. I think I need to go through this episode and take down some of your quotes about it. But it's a powerful connector in that we can say thank you to somebody. I can express my gratitude for you coming and sharing this conversation. But what I saw in your story was like another level of gratitude being a powerful connector in that it opened up worlds of opportunity for you in the way you've connected in the UK and across the internet. <laughs> you know, there's no end to that uh, connection. Uh, so thank you for sharing that perspective anything else thank you, you very much thank you very much for having me Carrie and my best wish is that more and more downloads happen so that we can fund more and more education so the only thing I would love to share with people who are listening to this podcast as my last thing on this podcast of course that uh, you know don't be afraid to give because yeah. It's not that your pockets are full and then you start giving. The best giving is when you have little and when you give, that shows 
the golden heart and the character that you have when you have more when you have a, have excess and then you give does not hold value but when you have little and from that little when you share something that is valuable and that will make you go miles in this life mm. and uh, that's what i would leave everyone to think with that there's no good time to give if you want to give it give it now yeah every day is a good time to give isn't it uh that's beautiful and uh, i will be giving your contact details so people can find you on linkedin that's a little action <laughs> that people can take to um just be under your influence that's that's wonderful so uh, yeah we will share that out and keep learning from you thank you so much saga for sharing with us today my pleasure thank you very much carrie and it was amazing to talk to you <laughs> Thank you for listening, my friends. Uh, were you also blown away by that conversation with Saga? I loved his stories and just his beautiful heart to serve humanity. And so I just wanted to share as we go that the, the giving that I offered to do on behalf of, um, you know, all of our listeners, I do that through B1G1, Business for Good. So if you would like to know more about how you can be giving in your everyday in small ways that really make a significant impact, then just drop me a line. You can actually find it on my website also. There is an impact page. And so generally when somebody buys a copy of my book, we will plant a tree for nutrition and income in rural India or in various countries. We are giving access to life-saving water, which is um, sustainable development goal number six. And these things are so important and we can get so overwhelmed with the challenges in the world. But when we just combine our giving with everyday activities we can break it down to manageable things so yeah we love that uh, do talk to strangers uh, has been this book that's opened up my world but the latest book is how to talk to strangers and it will be in our hands in the next week or two which i'm so excited about but gosh if i knew sagar before writing the book then if we'd had this conversation a year ago he would be in the book for sure <laughs> <laughs> because it is about making a bigger difference in the world. And uh, yeah, I just want to encourage you to pop on kerryphipps.com, see what, what, see what we're up to. And uh, you'll also find more episodes of Connect With Confidence podcast. We want to help people to be confident, to connect and make a bigger difference. So stay tuned and thank you for listening and thank you for sharing. Let's make a bigger difference. Mwah. Bye.